The following program brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by the members of CFCI and their guests should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal, and any tax advice on the show is not intended to be used by any persons for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax. Penalties that may be imposed on such persons and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. The representatives of CSCI and their guests are not providing legal or tax advice, and nothing should be construed as a solicitation to offer or buy securities. Now enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show, Your Money with David Hayes. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to hang out with me for this next hour on a Thursday night at 6 o'clock, Saturday mornings at 9, of course, always on WGCLradio.com, or listen to me on your favorite podcast app. Really great show today. It's hard to believe we've had back-to-back shows with people like Ed Slot, right? The country's IRA expert. I'm part of his group, known him for years, and then turn around and have Mary Beth Franklin on as well. She, I met her through Ed's group many years ago. She's with Investment News as a contributing editor, of course, the former editor of Kiplinger Personal Finance, and she is the foremost expert when it comes to up-to-date information on Social Security claiming strategies that could save you and make you and your family lots and lots of money. As I said in my podcast when I discussed Social Security, it's the granddaddy of them all, and I can't wait to have Mary Beth on in just a few minutes to talk about, number one, what she's up to. After 40 years of being in journalism and following financial topics like this and being in Washington, what is she doing now? Well, she has a podcast called The Retirement Repair Shop with Mary Beth Franklin, And I noticed her last episode she put out was October 24th of last year. And then I saw an article from Investment News talking about kind of the phased retirement plan that Mary Beth has for herself as she starts to phase into the the twilight years of her career. So we'll have a really, really great time talking with Mary Beth. And and I haven't talked to her for a while, so this is going to be exciting. I've emailed her, uh, texted her. Uh, but I have not actually spoke to Mary Beth for quite some time. So if you get a chance, also take a look at her maximizing your Social Security retirement benefits. You can get that online. I believe it's around 20 bucks. Best $20 you'll spend, especially if you are in that age 62 to 67 age bracket and you are considering and thinking about Social Security, you should read it. Are you widowed? Are you divorced? You should read it. Are you single? Are you married? You need to read it. Everything's in there. It's like the Oprego. It's in there. All right, let's do a little bit of sponsorship stuff here. Of course, Unrivaled Electric. Last Wednesday, when we had that windstorm, my wife said the generator popped on, so thank you very much, Tim. They are your full-service electrical contractor. They specialize in generators, yes, like mine, and it is the spring season, storm season coming, so you might want to look into an old Generac generator. It sure comes in handy when it comes in, <laughs> when it comes in handy. They also have solar arrays. They're veteran-owned. They want to be your electrician like mine. Call them, 812-361-3604. Kenny Bland Auctions. They're your full-service auction service. 
They're getting ready to go on spring break as well. I talked to Dirk this past week. They want to offer the sale of your estate or real estate as well. Visit them online at KennyBlandAuctions.com. And then finally, Lance Like, the Like Law Group. Give yourself and your family the peace of mind that comes with proper estate planning. Call Lance at the Like Law Group, 812-323-8300. All right, before we take a quick break, just a quick Public service announcement, I will be out next week as well as 90% of this town. So we will be replaying this week's show. But you know what? That's why we had her on. So because we knew it would be a double header. And as I've said many times before, sometimes you don't hear something the first time until you hear it the seventh time. So keep listening to this show. Listen to it on the podcast. Listen to it on WGCLRadio.com. And oh, by the way, you get to listen to it again next week as well. All right, let's take a break. Come back. We'll have Mary Beth Franklin, the contributing editor of Investment News. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Mary Beth Franklin, Investment News contributing editor and, of course, the foremost Social Security expert, she is with us now. And if you pay attention, she'll not only save you, but she's going to make you lots and lots of money. I promised them that, Mary Beth, before you came on, that you're going to really share some good stuff with us today. So the heat is on. But you're used to this. You've been doing this for a long time. Forty years, I think, right? Yes, I have been writing about money in some way, shape, or form for 40 years, including back when they reformed Social Security the last time in the 80s. I was there as an eyewitness. That's so funny that you say that because in my notes I had us talking, I wanted to talk about, you know, the start of Social Security and then when it was reformed in 83 and what happened then and then again a few adjustments in, in, uh, in the early 90s. But, yeah, you've been there the entire way. You've also been on Capitol Hill, which it was great because you always had your finger on the pulse of legislation and what was likely to happen and not happen. But... I, and I was last week we had Ed Slot on, so I was telling the listeners that wow, we have two big hitters on. We have Ed Slot, the country's IRA expert, and then Mary Beth Franklin, which is by far the country's Social Security expert. So I think I've known you about 16, 15 or sixteen years. I was trying to do the math on that earlier, based on when you showed up at an Ed Slot conference to inform and educate all of these really top end advisors about Social Security claiming strategies, how to get the most out of it. And we sat there with our mouths wide open, like, what? We've never even heard this stuff before. We just thought you showed up like everyone else, signed up and took your money and went off in the sunset. So, yes, you are, in my opinion, solely responsible for exposing all the opportunities with Social Security to these advisors and maybe even solely responsible for all the changes that happened to Social Security. took all that good stuff away from us. I wrote a note here that you were like the Reddit Reddit of Social Security claiming strategies. You, you ran it up, and then they ran them out. Oh, anyway. Well, I, I appreciate all your kind words, and I do have it on good authority that my face at least one time was on a dartboard at the Social Security Administration. <laughs> so I up at some point. <laughs> uh, I'm sure of that. So I, I read an article. So you, you obviously, folks, if you want to follow some of the articles that Mary Beth writes, just type up her name, Investment News. Um, but I did notice the article that you wrote in December 23rd, the same day, by the way, Secure Act 2.0 passed, about your phased retirement, you know, moving into more of a phased retirement. So what are you doing these days besides pickleball and skiing? 
Well, I'll tell you, I am having a blast. As you know, David, the last 10 years or so, I've been writing a weekly column for Investment News, which is read primarily by financial advisors to help them in turn help their clients with critical retirement income decisions like when to claim Social Security benefits, when to enroll in Medicare, and how to take tax-efficient distributions from their retirement plans. But I'll tell you, the last year or so, it became really a beast to meet that weekly deadline. And I thought, well, maybe I'm done. But I thought about it a little more, and I thought, well, I could do once a month. And that's what I started doing in January, and I am loving it because it now leaves me with time to do things I want to do, like travel. As you mentioned, I've had two ski trips with my local ski club out to Colorado, and I actually went to Iceland with a couple girlfriends. And uh, tomorrow, my husband and I leave for Florida. So I am living the semi-retirement dream. That's outstanding. I know the grind of an every week thing. Not the radio show, honestly, is not a grind to me. But I was doing the podcast, and I and I, and I am still doing the podcast. Twenty twenty five, the final drive. What you need to know to win, of course, that's a metaphor, as you probably know, Mary Beth, on the tax code expiring at the end of twenty twenty five and at least at a minimum reverting back to where we were before and kind of taking advantage of where we are historically from a tax perspective. Um, But, you know, you you get to the point sometimes if someone's not feeding you material that you can sort of just write about, discuss on, um, it's laborious at times. And and when it becomes a job, then you don't want to do it anymore. And I think having a month between, you know, you can observe, think, make notes, and then come up with even more killer articles for people to read. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm encouraged by that. I'm glad. Uh, I was like Tom Hegna. You know, I love Tom, and he's been on the show, and I love listening to Tom and reading his stuff. And he had told me back in 2020 or 2021 that he was going to phase into retirement, and he sort of did for about three months, and all of a sudden he was back on the road, you know, 30 days uh, or 30 weeks a year. So anyway, we'll see how it all works out, but I'm sure because you have hobbies, you have things to do, you know, you you enjoy life and retirement and family and friends, and that's what it's all about, folks. How many times have I told you guys listening the, the elements to a happy retirement, faith, family, friends, and a fixed income stream? And we'll throw in pickleball and skiing on top of that. Mary Beth Franklin right. is my guest today. We're going to dig in hard in our next, in our next topic because um, we've had a lot going on when it comes to the retirement landscape in America with the SECURE Act passing And then the SECURE Act 2.0, kind of clearing up a few things for us. But Social Security is a standalone beast, and a beast it is. started back in 1935, and here we are today. So we're going to go through a little bit about Social Security, when it started, what was its purpose, and where it is today. Because I know a lot of folks listening are thinking, hey, this thing's going broke. I've been hearing this forever. I need to get mine now before it does. We're going to get Mary Beth's thoughts on all of that and more. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Mary Beth Franklin, the country's expert, in my opinion, and many others on Social Security and Social Security claiming strategies is with me on the phone, contributing editor of Investment News. Mary Beth, uh, we hear all the time Social Security's broke. People think it's better to take it before it does. Lots of changes in the retirement planning landscape, retirement accounts particularly, with SECURE Act and 2.0. We've talked a bunch about that here on the show and did with Ed last week. And Social Security, it really is a beast, and it's a beast by itself. 
And, you know, when you think about Social Security and when it was created under the New Deal back in 1935, um, we had 42 people to one, 42 people paying in for every one taking out. And then we had the baby boom. We had the World War II. They came back, started having a bunch of kids, and everyone thought, yeah, this is really great. But they had 32, I think, fewer kids than their parents did, and this is where the math starts to catch up. And then today, we're sitting where less than uh, three, I believe, people are paying into every one person taking out. So we have a real issue on our hands here. I will say this, folks. You mentioned 1983. We're going to get to that in just a second. But we have been here before. And nothing in America ever, ever happens until the crisis is right in front of our face. So, Mary Beth, where we started, the purpose of it, obviously, was not as retirement, uh, you know, a, a retirement fund, a retirement account. It was simply insurance for living too long. I think the age you could take it was uh, 65 back then, but the life expectancy was around 62. So no one expected them to be on this forever and ever and ever like we have become accustomed to today. So where do we stand on Social Security, the trust fund? What are they saying about it? And then what are some of the fixes that you're seeing uh, lining up? Well, you're absolutely right. Social Security was begun in 1935. And mainly the the main um, idea behind this was we were in a depression and we needed jobs to open up and we had a lot of old people hanging on to jobs because they had no retirement they couldn't afford to quit and by creating a national retirement system um, it would allow older workers to retire with dignity and free up those jobs for those younger workers that's how we got to start but it's always been this pay-as-you-go system in other words when we have those um, FICA payroll tax contributions coming out of our paycheck each week, it is not going into a private account that says, Mary Beth Franklin, here's your retirement. It is paying the benefits of today's retirees. And the assumption is when you get to retirement, then the people who are still in the workforce paying those payroll taxes will be paying your retirement benefits. So two things have happened along the way. You're right, in the beginning, there was a huge number of workers, about 42 for every retiree, when the system was brand new, to fund the program. But over the years, the numbers of workers per, per retiree has dropped to 10, to 6, and now less than 3. Two reasons for that. Americans are living longer, so they're collecting benefits for a much longer time, and we have lower birth rates and consequently a smaller number of people in the workforce. But we faced a problem before, as you mentioned, back in 1983, when there simply wasn't going to be enough money coming from ongoing FICA tax revenues to pay all the promised benefits. And in 1983, money was going to run out. And when did they fix it? 1983. <laughs> Congress never met a deadline that they wanted to deal with sooner than they had to. Because think of it from the politician standpoint. Hey, I'm going to cut your benefits or raise your taxes or vote. Oh, vote for me. Mm-hmm. They don't want to say that. But we as American citizens do know that Social Security is the most popular and the most essential retirement income program in the country, when you just look at the numbers, more than 65 million people receive Social Security benefits, and for more than half of them, 
Social Security represents half or more of their total retirement income. And when we look back at the pandemic, when everybody was afraid of losing their jobs and we needed these emergency stimulus checks because people didn't have money to pay the rent or buy food, who was doing fine? The retirees who had guaranteed income coming from Social Security were the ones who financially probably did better than others. Oh, yeah. They, they had stockpiles of cash. Uh, every time I would talk to someone, they'd say, yeah, you don't send me money anymore. I've got plenty of money sitting in the bank. Well, other thing that's interesting about when Congress does something or Washington does something about a social program, especially as popular Social Security, it, they do it uh, and they do things that affect very few people. Um, as an example, in 1983, they introduced the idea of delay credits, right? Where if you wait past full retirement age, that you would receive an extra 8% per year. Well, they did that because interest rates were double digit and you could take the money, make a bunch of money, and then kind of double dip on both sides. They introduced taxes, taxes on Social Security. They increased the age for people born in 1960 or after to 67. Well, think how old those people were. They were like under 24 years old at the time. In 1983, I was 13 years old, so I didn't care or know uh, about these changes. They made some more changes in the early 90s, introducing taxation up to 85% of your benefit. You know, FICA, like you mentioned earlier, that has kind of changed over the years here and there. Um, But here we are. We've been reading this on our Social Security statements for well over a decade going to run out in 2042 it's going to run out in 2039 now it's going to run out in 2036 i've lost track actually when it's going to run out but it's going to run out at some point so i i have been under the impression that we might deal with this sooner than later but i guess history proves that whether it's a debt ceiling whether it is a social security crisis or some other crisis we're not going to deal with it until it's right in our face is that kind of what you're thinking mary beth Yes, because not only do politicians not like to deal with these things before they have to, it needs leadership and bipartisan agreement to pass massive legislation like this. And unfortunately, we don't have either right now. We don't have anything, yeah. But to get out in front and say, this is what we have to do. And, And it's not to say there's been new activity in the past, but it's been very much along partisan lines. For the last several years, uh, Democrats have introduced bills that in the House have garnered, you know, almost unanimous Democratic support to expand Social Security benefits, more for widows, uh, credits for caregivers who have to take time out of the workforce, and increased minimum benefit for the most vulnerable population, and they would pay for it by raising taxes on higher income Americans. Uh, well, the Republicans don't want to hear anything about raising taxes, so they weren't going to go along with it. The fact is, when it comes right down to this, the ultimate compromise, in my opinion, will be similar to 1983, where both parties have to be equally unhappy and give something up. We will probably see some sort of gradual increase in FICA taxes. And rather than raising them 3% all at once, let's raise them by one-tenth of 1% every year for 40 years. So we gradually phase them in. We may see a further increase in the full retirement age, which is currently scheduled for 67 in 2027, and it applies to people born in 1960 or later. Well, that may go to 70 at some point, but hey, 
you know, you're talking today, today's two-year-olds who are probably going to live to 120. Don't get used to it. The idea is if you give people decades rather than months or years to get used to major public policy changes, they can adapt. I was actually at a at a Indiana University class the other day um, speaking to about 130 kids. And it was on financial wellness. It was sort of, uh, I don't know, they just sort of how do you get off to a good start kind of a thing. Well, I gave them um, an idea of how our tax code works, what taxes pay for what, and I get into Social Security. And actually, they really enjoyed learning all this. But I, I get to the end, after apologizing to them for leaving them with this massive bar tab, which is the national debt, I did apologize for that because it's not their fault. Um, that they're going to inherit, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. But we get to Social Security, explain how all this works. So I said, let me pause for one second. How many of you in this group believe in aliens, like extraterrestrial activity? And almost everybody, Mary Beth, raised their hand. Then I said, how many of you think, after me telling you all of this, that Social Security will be here for all of you whenever you're your grandma and grandpa's age? And like just like maybe half or less than half, it was like 30%, raised their hands. I go, perfect. That proves my theory that people your age believe more in aliens than they do that Social Security will be there for them whenever they retire. I'll, let me read you this. I know you've seen this before, but it's, it's a reproduction of a pamphlet uh, introducing Social Security to America. Uh, and it's talked about beginning in November 24th of 1936. But I love this part when it talks about your part of the tax. It says... During the next three years, beginning January 1st, 1937, you will pay one cent for every dollar you earn. And at the same time, your employer will pay one cent for every dollar you earn, up to $3,000 a year. But the best part of this, Mary Beth, is the very last line. It says, this is the most you'll ever pay. That's a mic, that's a mic dropper right there. So, But the bottom line is, no, it's not the most you're ever going to pay. Obviously, we're paying much more than that now. I think they'll increase the taxable wage base. I think they're going to do a lot of things. But to my to your point, to my point earlier, when they make these changes, it's going to be to people like my son's age and younger. People are going to be like, eh, whatever. I have time. I have time to adapt for that. I want to ask you one other question before I let. Well, let's go ahead to the next break because I want to dig into some of this, the actual strategies that we've been talking about forever and ever and ever. We're going to get into what are some of the top factors you should think about when claiming Social Security. Who's the best people to ask? I mean, Mary Beth Franklin, right? She has a guide that you can go online and buy for like, I don't even know what it costs. It's whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's the best 20 or 30 bucks you've ever spent if you actually go on and buy it. What about if you're widowed? What if you're divorced? What if you're single? What if you're married? Let's get into some of this. When we come back, we have the country's expert, Mary Beth Franklin. I'll be right back. It's Your Money with David Hayes. Mary Beth Franklin is my guest, of course, contributing editor of Investment News. Also spent a long time at Kiplinger, which is where I met her for the first time. Actually, she wrote an article, I think maybe uh, several articles about people right here in our own community, including my dad, Jerry. And I told him that I was having you on today, and he was thrilled for that. He wanted me to tell you hello, as he always does, and he wants to tell you thanks for all that you do. And he's 75 and he is thinking about moving into a phased retirement himself, so I'll let him know that you did it, so maybe that'll encourage him to do it as well. What he's afraid of, Mary Beth, is he's going to go down to three weeks but still do five days of work and get paid less. That's his concern, the gritty old man. Well, real concern. You have to negotiate well with your employer of, here is what I'm going to do for X amount of money. Uh, I know. I told him that. 
You know, but one last thing on the fix for Social Security. When you start having Elon Musk talk about it, Gunlock, Goonlock, Peter Thiel, all these people um, talking about it. Donald Trump's talking about it right now in a big way. Um, it's, it's coming, but it's like you said, it's going to be a slow process to get there for sure. Mary Beth Franklin, well, I, go ahead. I, I will say that um, I was thrilled to hear President Biden raise the issue at the uh, State of the Union address recently because yeah. for the last three presidential campaigns, we've heard nothing but crickets when it came to Social Security. So finally, our leaders are talking about it. I still don't expect a quick solution, but at least it's on the radar now. There you go. And legislation, I've said many times on this show, and Ed and I talked about it before, kind of like whack-a-mole. You know, it pops its head up, gets whacked down. It pops its head up, gets whacked down. But this is a little bit different. This is something we're going to have to deal with. Mary Beth, um, so much. I mean, I heard a podcast recently because I was just catching up on some of your stuff about how many pages the Social Security Administration kind of puts out when it talks to people about all of the different things about Social Security. And it's not just, you know, your 28 or whatever your, your booklet is. is. It's, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of pages, isn't it? There's uh, more than 2,700 regulations that govern your Social Security benefits. Um, it's a bit like reading the tax code. Every time you think you understand it, there's some exception for a special nuanced case. So it can be very detailed, but your listeners don't need to know all about those. You and I are just going to discuss the highlights. That's and right. then if they have questions, they can come to you. And if you don't know, you can come to me. I, I love that direct access to, to that, to you. And you've always been so kind, but you do have uh, something called maximizing your social security retirement benefits out there. People can go online. I, I, lo I looked how easy it is to buy it. I mean, you click it, it goes to a really easy landing page, um, and it comes to them immediately in the form of a PDF. So it's it's a really super easy thing. And folks, you're making a you're making a big decision when it comes to claiming Social Security that could cost your family tens of even hundreds of thousands of dollars if you don't do it correctly. So Mary Beth, what are some of the top factors that people should consider or that should or should influence when to actually claim Social Security? Well, the big ones are your age when you first claim, your health, your other senses, uh, sources of retirement income, and your marital status. And let me back up and tell you why. Um, yes, you can claim benefits as early as age 62, and in some cases that may make sense, but you have to understand if you claim benefits early, they will be permanently reduced for the rest of your life. Now, if you're full retirement age is 66, like mine is, and you claim it's 62, your benefits are going to be cut by 25%. And they do not bounce up once you get to your full retirement age of 66. If you choose to claim benefits early, you are making the decision to get a smaller benefit check the rest of your life. If your full retirement age is 67, you can still claim it's 62, but you're going to get a bigger haircut. Your benefits are going to be cut by 30% for the rest of your life. The bottom line means that for people whose full retirement age is higher, that is 67, because you were born in 1960 or later, your decision to claim benefits early have more severe consequences. So you really need to think about that. The other thing is I tell people you have to be 
healthy enough and wealthy enough if you choose to delay claiming benefits. Now, I am a big proponent of people waiting up until age 70 to claim the biggest Social Security benefit possible because for every year you postpone claiming beyond your full retirement age up until age 70, you get a whopping extra 8% a year. So if your full retirement age is 67 and you wait three years till age 70, you are going to collect an extra 24% in benefits compared to your full retirement age. But if you choose to delay, what do you do for money in between? Now, for all those people like your dad who plan to keep working, no problem. You have income from a job. But other people may choose to still retire at their full retirement age or earlier and yet delay claiming their Social Security benefits. And I bet you and Ed Slott talked about this the other day of the value of retiring and then maybe drawing down on those IRAs or 401ks now as a way of basically buying yourself a bigger Social Security benefit in the future because that Social Security benefit will last the rest of your life no matter how long you live. And unlike even most private pensions, it is cost of living adjusted, and that is huge. And the final point is, what is your marital status? If you are married, I encourage people to think of their Social Security claiming decision as a household decision. Mm -hmm. And maybe one spouse, the one with the bigger benefit, wants to wait until age 70, but maybe the other one doesn't. Maybe, let's say, the wife has her own benefit. She's no longer working. She may want to go ahead and claim at 62. And even though her retirement benefits are permanently reduced, it's bringing some cash into the household while her husband's waiting to get the bigger benefit. And if he dies first, which actually is likely, uh, men tend to die before their wives, guess what? She will still step up to a full survivor benefit worth 100% of what her husband was collecting when he died. And even though her retirement benefits were permanently reduced because she collected them early, it has no impact on her survivor benefit if she is at least full retirement age when she's widowed. We'll talk about widowed and divorced in a second, but I have a question on the marriage that came up this week, and I thought this would be a good one to share with Mary Beth and get the answer. So I had a stay-at-home mom uh, for all of these years. Husband was a high-income earner. They had enough wealth and they had enough health to do a delay strategy for him to get to age 70. And as you've said before, that's the family benefit, not just his benefit. So I had to talk him through the whole break-even thing again. And uh, so she's like, well, I'll get some benefit, right? Yeah, you're going to get half of his full of his benefit at full retirement age. And she said, well, I'm older than him. So when will I be able to get half of his? Will he have to turn his benefit on? This is I'm leading you towards this question. She didn't ask me all this. But will he have to turn his benefit on before I can get any? And she's two years older than him. So what about that situation when you have a spouse that's older, non-working, one that's younger, that has the high wage base that will create the income for the family? Right. And this can be a tough situation because you're right. When you have a stay-at-home spouse who has not earned a Social Security benefit on her own earnings record, she's still entitled to a benefit as a spouse, which is worth up to half of her husband's full retirement age benefit. But the catch is he has to claim his benefit 
to trigger a spousal benefit mm-hmm. for her. Now, it sounds like your couple has enough other sources of income that they can make it work. But for other couples, it often is not worth it for that traditional married couple with one breadwinner and one stay-at-home spouse to delay till 70 because she's got to wait a really long time to get any benefit at all. So, yes, your couple could afford to do this. They could wait for him to maximize his retirement benefit once he claims his benefit. She's now at least her full retirement age. She will get half, and this is a key, half of his full retirement age benefit, not half of his age 70 benefit. But if he dies first, he'll get 100% of what he was collecting, including those delayed retirement credits that he earned between his full retirement age and age 70. We have one more segment with Mary Beth. When we come back, I want to talk about that when you are widowed. Or even if you're divorced, what kind of benefits are available to you and when are they available? And what are some of the trip points that could create a situation where they're not available to you if you didn't know the rules? We'll be right back. This is Your Money with David Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Your Money with David Hayes. You know, we've talked about if you're married, if you're single, if you're divorced or widowed, I will say most of my single folks do if they have enough money uh, to wait at least until full retirement age to take it. Most of the time that happens and we take it at full retirement. But when you're married, man, you've got to think about this joint life expectancy. I think the statistics say that a married married couple age 65 has something like a 50% chance that one of them will make it to 92 and a 25% chance one of them will make it to 98. Do the math on that, you engineers out there. All right, Mary Beth, we're back. (laughs) We're talking now about folks that are widowed. Let's first talk about that, when they're eligible, and what are some of the trip-ups that would keep them from getting their benefit if they didn't know the rules? Well, uh, widows, uh, survivor benefits, and to review, a spousal benefit while your spouse is still alive is worth 50% of that worker's benefit. A survivor benefit after they die is worth 100% of that uh, worker's benefit. Now, you are entitled to a survivor benefit if you are currently married when your spouse dies or, which we'll discuss in a minute, if you're an eligible divorced spouse, you may be able to collect survivor benefits on your ex. But right now, let's talk about the widows and widowers. Um, When your spouse dies, you are eligible for survivor benefits as early as age 60 rather than 62. But if you do claim it early, it's reduced even further. You'd get 100% as a survivor benefit if you were at least your full retirement age at the time. If you claimed at 60, it would only be 71.5% of your deceased spouse's benefit. And then, then it's phased in in between 60 and full retirement age. Another caveat is um, you may be able to get survivor benefits regardless of your age if you are caring for the minor dependent children of the deceased worker. Let's say your husband dies, you've got children who are eight and 10. Uh, maybe you're in your 40s. You could still get benefits until those children each turn 16, and the kids can get survivor benefits until they each turn 18. That had happened in one of uh, my uh, friend's situation. He passed away. Kids were young. They got till 
she got till they were 16, they got it to 18. Now, you talk about divorcees. Um, and, well, let me go back to the widow. So let's say you're widowed. We, we, there's a remarriage provision as well, right? We need to make sure that they don't get remarried before a certain age. Well, there's two caveats. Um, anyone who claims Social Security benefits before their full retirement age, including these young widows, are subject to earnings restrictions if they work. So say the widow is working, she may not qualify for a benefit because she makes more than $21,000 a year, but her kids are still going to get the benefit. Now, um, if you wait until age 60 or later to remarry, you may be able to keep other benefits. We had a situation uh, like that where the they were she met someone, she'd been a widow, widow for uh, ten, like eight years. They planned a nice spring wedding. And I'm like, you know what? An October wedding would sure be nice because she turned 60 in September. And guess what? They pivoted and they married in, in October. So you don't marry for money, but sometimes you delay your wedding for a little bit of money. Right, because it can make a huge difference. And that also applies to divorce spouses. Now, divorce spouses, the key is you must be married at least 10 years before getting divorced. So think of it this way. You, there must be at least a decade between I do and I don't. So, so um, ladies, if, you if you're if you're nine years and, and six months into this, man, hang on, hang on for six more months, and then you then you pull the trigger. That's right, because you want to string out that paperwork. <laughs> to get so you have to be married at least ten years before divorcing, and to be able to collect the Social Security benefit, you must be single. Now, here's the thing: rules have changed over the years, and you are only going to be able to collect benefits on your ex. If your benefit as a spouse is larger than your own retirement benefits, in some cases, that's not going to be the case. You're never going to be able to collect um, as a spouse, as an eligible divorced spouse, except what happens if your ex dies? Mm -hmm. You are entitled to survivor benefits under two cases, if you're single or as in the case of your previous widow, if you wait till age 60 or later to remarry, you still can't collect on a living ex, but you can collect on a dead ex. So here's another thing to remember. Your spousal benefit while your ex is alive is worth up to 50% of what he's collecting. Your survivor benefit after your ex dies is worth 100% of what he was collecting. So, yes. Your ex is worth twice as much dead than a lot. Well, and so I, my, my joke has always been, now, if you're divorced but only wish they were dead, then it's how it works. Hey, real, because we don't have much time left. So, Mary Beth, um, just so everyone can rest assured, Social Security will take care of calling you and letting you know of all these rules. Like, oh, I know you're a widow. Oh, I knew you were divorced. Oh, I knew this. I knew that. So here's the opportunities, right? They'll, they'll call you. They don't have to. You don't have to worry about knowing all this. Not even close. <laughs> what? It's a good guide, and I can recommend mine, which is maximizing Social Security benefits. And to make it super easy, I am thrilled to announce that I have my brand-new website that went live last weekend, and it's simply called MaryBethFranklin.com. If you go there, I have a bunch of free articles that explains all the things you and I just talked about. You can also buy my ebook directly there. And if you have further questions, you can click on the button to talk to an expert. Last thing, and I'll let you go. I loved it when I was watching one of your videos, and you said, forget about Valentine's Day flowers and gifts. 
just tell them that you're delaying your Social Security to age 70. That's the biggest gift of all. I thought that was hilarious, by the way. So, <laughs> And by the you may all be able to watch that. That's from my new television special for Maryland Public Television, which will air in my market in May. And then hopefully PBS Nationwide will air it sometime in December. I'm sure they will. Just, folks, go to MaryBethFranklin.com. Just Google Mary Beth Franklin, and it's loaded up with all kinds of great, great things. Because there's so much to talk about, we could talk about it for days and days and days but go pick up that maximizing your social security retirement benefits guide by mary beth franklin mary beth enjoy florida i hope your pickleball game's strong and i'll be talking to you again soon hopefully great and thanks david for inviting me to be on your program i always love talking to you great all right folks better take a quick break when we come back we're going to wrap up this big show it's your money with david hayes You know, I wish people could just kind of hear our off-air bantering back and forth, you know, catching up with each other. She's heading down near Clearwater, where I was a couple weeks ago, um, where she's going to be speaking, if I'm going to be able to make it, the travels I have coming up. And I think that would be as entertaining as you guys hearing what we talked about today. You know, in that video I was describing, and I'm sure it's on MaryBethFranklin.com, but it does, it, it was funny. It was right before Valentine's Day, and she's like, throw those flowers out the window. Don't go get a gift. Simply go tell your wife you're delaying Social Security until 70 so she can have a monster, monster benefit that's tax efficient, grows with inflation over time, and will be there forever. And just give her that and walk away. So kind of a cool way, I guess, to end in a video. All right, so next week you're going to hear this again. I know you're disappointed, but you're going to hear it again. And then I'll be back live the following week. Um, and then I'm going to be traveling a lot this spring, uh, but we have everything pretty well covered. And I am going to get back on the podcast trail. I'm actually on uh, tomorrow. I'm going to record two podcasts. Uh, one will be on our tax-free bonds, really tax-free, and how to take advantage of tax-equivalent yields. It's going to be a fun one. I'm actually still working on it even as we speak, but I'm going to put that out. And it's going to get you thinking, capital gains. Tax-free income, how does it affect Social Security taxes, buying at a premium, buying at a discount. So we're going to get into some weeds on this thing, but I think you'll really like it. And then the second one will be on the Biden proposal, the budget proposal. What does that really mean? Well, it's whack-a-mole again. Taxes will be doubling in certain areas. And like I said before, the Congressional Budget Office has said over and over and over, taxes need to double, double for simply to pay for the things we've already promised. So, a lot going on, a lot of fun ahead. I hope those of you that are heading to Florida for spring break have a great time. Those of you that stay back, get into a restaurant and find a parking spot. How about that for a win-win situation? Have a great one, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. The preceding program was brought to you by Comprehensive Financial Consultants and CFCI, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities.